0: Informed Dissent, the intersection of healthcare and politics, with Dr. Jeff Barkey, board-certified primary care physician, and Dr. Mark McDonald, board-certified child, adolescent, and adult psychiatrist. Well, Mark, great to be with you on another episode of Informed Dissent. Hello. We've got a great guest uh, tonight who has been on the front lines of, uh, of, of joining us with, uh, with uh, Super Spreader events, and he's an evangelical Christian singer. Uh, he held uh, outdoor worship concerts throughout the pandemic and uh, basically uh, made a stand and took a stand <laughs> and uh, got the nickname of being a super spreader. So, Sean Foyt, welcome to Informed Dissent. Hey, thank you. Thanks for
1: having me. Good to be, good to be with you guys. Well, uh,
0: Sean said he only had a few minutes to spend with us and I guess his time expired. <laughs> I think that the rapture has met him. That could be. So listen, while we're waiting for Sean to get on, we uh, talked a little bit off air, Mark, about a Substack article that you just published and, and I read today. And I was just shaking my head. I could I could feel the anger and the despair in that article. And the, it, the article on Substack was titled uh, Dissident or Exile. So explain to our informed dissent audience what you meant by that.
2: Well, it's really just, you know, the next step in my Logical thinking process that I'm always taking, even if I'm not taking action, because I think about worst case scenarios. Everyone is asking me, When are you going to go? Why aren't you in Florida? Bozeman is really great in fall, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And my response is always, Well, I really don't want to leave because there's still a lot of good left to fight for here in California. But I'm also aware that there's an election coming up, and I have no reason to believe that the election will turn out either well or valid uh, for, California or for the nation, for California specifically. Yeah. And here in Los Angeles and Los Angeles County in particular, uh, we have a, uh, a Marxist woman running for mayor. We have a district attorney who supports criminals and opposes victims. We have a governor who uh, is completely brain dead because of his hair gel. That's what Governor DeSantis said <laughs> last week, and is trying to run for president and is supportive of every crazy left-wing policy that comes across his desk. So you add to that the fact that the elections are not going to be in person, they're going to be mail-in, and there's going to be canvassing throughout the city, county, and state for illegal votes, for double votes, for unregistered votes, and for dead people. And I just don't really think that and I'm not saying this as a pessimist, I'm just saying as a realist, I just don't think there's really much reason to think that any good will come of this election in November. Now, if that happens throughout the country, obviously that'll be duplicated in different states. So it's a coin toss whether or not, in my view,
0: we're going to have a city or a state left. Uh, well, Mark, in your, in your article, you say, and I'm quoting, uh, there is no place left in the U.S. to go, close quote. Do you really believe that? Yes, I do. And I said further in the article that,
2: yes, there are rural areas in the United States, farms, ranches, which are lovely, idyllic. You can certainly live and prosper there if you want to live that life. And I, I think that's a lovely uh, lovely life to have. But I don't really want that life, at least not right now in my, in my stage of, of career and, and stage of life. So that leaves urban areas. And, and I don't believe that there's really any medium... To large-sized city left in the united states that hasn't been corrupted moderately or severely because all cities are magnets for the dnc and for the left and any nice city has already been ruined so if you want to live in a nice medium-sized city there really isn't many places left to go here in the u.s no places i don't think so i you know i was in about seven cities that were considered Republican strongholds of conservatism in the last nine months, and every single one had closed businesses, doctors who weren't able to practice without getting an injection, Mask City, um, fights and battles brewing among different factions of people. Even Naples, Florida uh, was a battleground. And that's supposed to be the place to go if you want to live in freedom. Obviously, there's degrees. Some places are better than others, worse than others. But i think the taste of life that i got when i was in bosnia and kosovo and macedonia and and soon probably split which is a a nice adriatic sea coastal town in croatia is that these places really are functioning they are medium-sized cities they do still have churches and families and public safety and women walking at two in the morning who have no concerns in the world about getting robbed raped or murdered they have good functioning school systems they have generally decent if not good health care And the weather is nice, and uh, you have good food, and it's all reasonably priced. There's not a huge degree of inflation. So I I don't really see that here in the U.S. anymore. I don't think that that exists. Now, it may exist later, but if things really turn south this year and I need to leave, uh, I'm not really sure if there's a place that I really want to go to outside of California.
0: I I really don't, don't see that. So you, you pose in your Substack article uh, this question, and it's the perennial question of the dissident is this, can I do more good from within or from without? And it sounds like you're leaning in the direction of from the outside, not on the inside. If, if everything falls apart, and I kind of think
2: about these historical examples, you know, you have uh, people who lead movements and fight from within their country Human rights uh, warriors, uh, political dissidents, uh, intellectuals, uh, freedom fighters in South Asia and Central Northern Europe, China, Hong Kong. Uh, Hong Kong is a good example because that's probably the most recent one. Freedom in Hong Kong is over. It's dead. Hong Kong is just another vassal state of, uh, of the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, it's been strangled to death. And up until about a year and a half ago, I think it was worthwhile fighting for freedom in Hong Kong. Now, if you fight for freedom, you will be disappeared I mean, you will be actually tortured to death and you will never be found again. Your body will will just disappear into the ether. Now, I don't think that that's a good outcome because you can't do good when you're dead. And so a lot of the Hong Kong freedom fighters actually left and they moved to England. And Canada and the United States where they have the choice to continue to fight from outside the country because you can't really win against the CCP as one person in Hong Kong It's just not possible same thing in the Soviet Union There's a lot of dissidents who have left uh, and fled to England where of course They're still pursued by his agents of Putin and injected with Novichok and often end up dying uh, on park benches but you at least have a fighting chance uh, if you stay in the Soviet Union, you'll probably be put in a gulag and you'll be tortured to death and your family will be executed. Also a bad outcome. So we're not there yet. We don't have the, the death of these countries. People aren't being murdered. But short of murder, everything that I just described is happening right now in the United States. Cancellations, um, professions being erased, families and children being separated, um, ex, you know, excommunication, ostracism, impoverishment, banishment. This is all happening right now in the United States. So the next step, and I don't want this obviously to happen, but the next step, which is logical in early 2023, uh, is actually rounding up people and and killing them. They're already being tortured and and tortured to actual death, to suicide in underground prisons in Washington DC by racist guards who mace the prisoners while they're handcuffed and then put them in solitary confinement without water or medicine. You know, our our friend and colleague, uh, Simone Gold, was just released from uh, federal prison in Florida, uh, and she was denied um, humane treatment, as were other female prisoners, medications, showers, food. Uh, She wasn't allowed to have water. She had to drink out of the sink with her bare hands for days and days on end. She was deprived of a cup. She was put in solitary confinement for eight days. Uh, All all after what she did was basically uh, arguably trespass into a Capitol building. And I say arguably because that's not even clear. So this is bad. And uh, and if it gets any worse, I'm, I'm not sure that it's really worthwhile or pragmatic to stay. Though so that's the position that I was describing in my Substack.
0: In your Substack article, you go on and say, when continuing to live as a dissident is no longer an option, then one is faced with exile. But in your case, you're, you're going to self-exile yourself. You're not going to be forced out. No one's kicking you or throwing you out of the country. Uh, the Dalai Lama can't return, so he governs from India, as you point out. Salman Rushdie, after he published the Satanic Verses, uh, had, a, had a, a death sentence placed on him. So he's running to save his life. Uh, but in this case, you're going to voluntarily exile yourself to some foreign country.
2: There isn't a word in the English language for voluntary exile, so I used, I used exile <laughs> in the sense of, of, of self-exile as the best uh, simple word that I could find, and also some degree for dramatic effect, because I think that just like the word dissident conjures up the idea of groups of people huddling in in secret and in quiet down below the ground over a lamp and talking about dangerous ideas Uh, i think the idea of of exile is someone sort of fleeing in front of a mob or an army or people with torches into a boat and crossing an ocean to go to another land you know the puritans for example were uh kind of like that they were they were self-exiled you know they didn't have to leave but they decided Well, what's the point of staying in a country that's just going to grind us down to death when we can go somewhere else and start a new country, you know, a new colony, essentially? We can't really start a new country by leaving the U.S. because the world is already populated. There's no untrodden land to go to unless you want to go to Mars with Elon. But I do think that you can return to other countries or move to other countries that are perhaps, and this sounds kind of... um, complex or confusing, but I think it's true sort of like back to the future. The countries like Poland, like uh, the former um, Yugoslavia, are sort of like the United States in 1950. Yeah. They're coming out of war. There's a rising middle class technological advancements. Everybody's getting refrigerators and stoves and ovens and cars. Everybody has this sense of growth opportunity. There's family values that are that are Reunified, you know, after the families come back from fighting, they are what we were in the 50s. So, if you want to find America post World War II, you've got to go to Central Europe. And perhaps, perhaps, perhaps Central and Southern and Eastern Europe will become the next United States. So, I'm not actually despairing at all. I'm actually quite hopeful. I'm just not placing all of my hope. In Los Angeles, I'm placing a lot of my hope somewhere else because, you know, America is not a it is a place, but it's also a set of ideas. And and if the place becomes so overrun with bad ideas that the good ideas can't flourish, you need to place those ideas, you know, in a in a different soil. And uh, and maybe we need to revive America from without and then take it back that way. Um, Again, I'm not uh, I'm not counting the United States out, but I am I am. Considering the possibility that in the next six to nine months, the, the, the window may be so narrow and so close
0: to closing that if you wait any longer, you're just going to be shut in. Yeah, you know, your, your article was very thought-provoking, and as most of them are. And, uh, but in, in this case, I know it wasn't just for effect that you're actually serious uh, about the prospects of leaving the country. Uh, depending on how the election goes and so forth, that this is this is a reality for you. Uh, I just hope I hope wherever you go and whatever house you buy, it's got a uh, guest bedroom because I'll be I'll be, <laughs> I'll be I'll be visiting and we'll record some informed dissent informed dissent Middle Europe. <laughs> well, fortunately, you can get a house
2: that is twice as large as any house in Los Angeles and Orange County for just an extra fifty thousand dollars. So. You wanna you wanna put down another an extra fifty K and you can get an extra like half dozen bedrooms. So I I think I can swing that and I can probably build a palace (laughs) for the money that I would be purchasing a a two-bedroom condo here on the west side. And it looks like Sean is back. back. So he was he was not accepted by the Rapture and he's back on planet Earth.
0: So Sean, welcome back. Thank Sorry you. we lost you. Thank you. So give us an overview of the work that you've been doing and and the fight on the front lines.
1: Yeah. So um, really, uh, at the height of, of COVID, uh, we started a movement uh, uh, called Let Us Worship, and initially uh, the plan was is that it would be uh, is that it would would uh, be it for the church to take a stand against the you know draconian tyrannical orders of the governor, of California you know that while strip clubs were open and bars were open and they were deemed essential and marijuana dispensaries the church was shut down. And you're referring you're <laughs> you're referring Sean to um Governor Gavin Newsom. Yeah, Governor Gavin uh <laughs> Newsom. And uh so anyway, in that in that season, um you know, they were really targeting the church and calling us super spreaders and calling us the, the problem and the virus and you know, we just felt like not only do we have a biblical mandate to meet in a time like this, but, you know, we're protected by the constitution to worship. And so we uh, took a stand and began to gather people and it pretty soon a little, little small band of people turned into an army and it turned into thousands and thousands of people all across America. We were hosting the largest church gatherings in the world in 2020. And uh, funny enough, they were happening in some of the most closed and locked down cities in America.
0: Good, good for you for doing that. And, you know, there are, a handful of evangelical pastors, especially here in Southern California, from Jack Hibbs and Tim Thompson and Rob McCoy and others mm-hmm. uh, that stood up and raised their middle finger to the governor and said, oh, yeah. hell no, we're not shutting down. We have a First Amendment right. It's written right in there, and you can't tell us what to do. And yet, unfortunately, the majority of pastors complied, and I think that's really the problem. Um, so it's great to see a fellow warrior— uh, that was out there preaching and and I love it. Thank you. yeah. I mean,
1: you know, I, it always starts as a remnant, and there has to be people that push back. and I think that we've seen that throughout history, you know. Um, there has to be people that that rise up against this. and you know, I, I come my my whole family are doctors and nurses. I come from a family of medicine. I, I wasn't smart enough, I guess, to <laughs> to become one. Uh, so I chose to be a musician instead. however, I knew at the same time that, that 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 there there was a real virus. I knew however that you know the ninety nine point nine eight percent survivable rate wasn't enough to justify these this overreach of government to shut us down. And you know, if there's any time where we need hope, and we need faith, and we need light. 100%. It's a time of darkness, you know, and that's the time in 2020 where we really needed the church.
0: Absolutely. I know we don't have a lot of time with you. Where can people follow you if they want to learn more about what you're doing? Yeah,
1: so they can go to uh, lettuceworship.us is one place. They can also go to uh, my website, which is seanfoyt.com. They can follow us on social media. It's Foyt spelled F-E-U-C-H-T. It's a German, German way. Um, And then we also have a documentary film that's coming out on our movement. The film's called Super Spreader in 528 theaters across America. That's wonderful. What's cool about the story is that it starts in California. Um, It really is a California story. And the movement started there and it swept across America. And so our hope is that people will go to the theater. It's one night only. They'll watch this film. They'll be inspired. They'll remember the insanity of what we all had to deal with in that season and they'll rise up with boldness and they'll say, never again will we allow this to happen.
0: I look forward to watching it. Do you sing in that movie?
1: There's a little bit of singing in there. Yeah. Yeah, wh- sure. why, don't you,
0: why don't you share with our, our audience a, a, a little bit of your favorite worship song?
1: <laughs> well, I would need my guitar to do that. And I don't have that with me.
0: Acapella. And, uh, it's come very,
1: on. very late because I'm over on the East Coast. But uh, but you can watch it on the film, or you can get my music online. All right, I'll tell you what. Our, way better pro- than I can sound right our, now.
0: Our producers will add a little snippet of your music when we release this podcast. Oh, For perfect, the audience perfect. that's that's listening, uh, you may not know what Sean looks like, but he looks like a uh, a a surfer from Southern California, long blonde hair, a little bit of a goatee, and uh, you'd never recognize him if he was walking with a surfboard down Newport Beach. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, but you know that you would also probably not recognize somebody who looks like me as conservative, but yet there's a whole army of us out there.
0: yeah I hope I hope so. We've got a large audience that, that is around the world. What's your message to freedom fighters out there of uh, how they should be um behaving moving forward?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that I think that we, we we have to band together. We have to unite. You know, we have to uh, advocate. We have to take a stand. We got to vote. Um, we got to get behind the right people in government. I think there's a lot of people, especially Christians, that you know, for a long time said, "You know, I don't want to get involved in government. I don't want to get involved in politics." But you know, I always tell them, "Well, government wants to get involved with you, and your lack of engagement." is actually you're abdicating space and your voice and you're allowing them to do the things that they did like we saw during the pandemic. So we need everybody, especially as we approach the midterms and we approach a really crucial season here in America. We need believers to be praying, to be voting, to be standing up for the issues that that matter and uh, raising their voice. And I think if anything, when you watch this film, hopefully it encourages everybody that even 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 with the you know, the stand of of one person that that God can raise up an army behind you. So I'm encouraged. I want to fight for California. I love the state and I feel there's a destiny of God on the state. And that's one of the reasons why the enemies come in to attack it so hard.
0: Agreed. I hope some of these pastors, including people like Jerry Reeb and Joe Pettick, will use their churches to screen your movie once it comes out uh, to show what can be done, to show what one brave person Uh, preaching can do. Because I really think, and Mark and I have talked about this, the answer is not a a politician in Washington to save us. The answer is literally a a spiritual revival in this country. Uh, We're we're religious people uh, that are steeped in the Judeo-Christian values of our founding. Stop sitting back and saying, I'm going to let somebody else win this war and fight everybody now has to get involved or we're going to lose this country. And we're so appreciative and uh, and uh, honoring of you for doing that in your own way. And we hope others will step up and follow your lead.
1: Thank you so much. I agree with everything you said. It's Now is the time. So let's go for it. So tell us a little bit. I, I understand you had a, a miracle
0: story that happened with your wife. Tell us that story and then we'll let you run.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, we're just... We, we just get it attacks from all angles and you know the ones that 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 hurt the most are when when it attacks your family and so my my wife was found a lump and and uh, you know there's a history of of that kind of thing uh, in some of her family and so you know we, we we weren't really that concerned until the doctor was really concerned and of course you know then we had to go get the, the ultrasound and we had to get, go get all this stuff done and You know, there's that couple day period where you're waiting for the results, and you're just trusting God. And I think for us, you know, uh, anytime you're you're facing those diagnoses, you 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 find out what you really believe. And so it was it was it was a it was definitely a test. And praise God that it all came back. It almost actually disappeared, which is crazy. You know, that's what we're praying for. But it doesn't seem to be anything of concern. And so yeah, we were just grateful and thankful and. Realizing that that's not everyone's story, you know, Um, and and yet at the same time we're standing on the faithfulness of God, regardless of the report that He is the healer. So anyway, it was it was tough, it was difficult, and then of course, you know, we have four kids, we're homeschooling them, we're traveling the world, you know, we have all that stuff going on at the same time. So you got to keep all those balls spinning while you're dealing with this kind of internalizing it. And, uh, yeah, my wife is a hero, so I got to give her, give her the credit for this one and God, God really has been with us. Yeah,
0: for sure. Well, you know, I'm a primary care doc in Orange County and if there's ever anything I can do to,
1: uh, to serve you and to help you, you please let me know. Oh, thank you, Jeff. You're that's, that's a real blessing. It's always good to know a great doctor.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for your fight, Sean. Appreciate you coming on informed descent and uh,
1: Godspeed to you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thanks for having me. God bless.
0: You've been listening to Informed Dissent with Dr. Jeff Barkey, board-certified primary care physician, and Dr. Mark McDonald, board-certified child, adolescent, and adult psychiatrist. Informed Dissent, the intersection of healthcare and politics.